standing. Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your host Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, it is the moment we've been waiting for. We're talking the Baba Yaga, John Wick. Yeah. I'm so excited for this episode. Like, I didn't even do any notes on this episode. I was like, I know all there is about John Wick that I can talk about because I've kind of immersed myself in the assassin realm by way of watching John Wick a million times. Yeah, I, I didn't watch them this week, but I rewatched them with my wife about three weeks ago. It's just like, it's one of those movies that you just kind of remember everything that happened. Yeah. Because it just, it's not, not that it's like predictable, but it's because the scenes are so impactful. Every single minute of the movie, you're like, okay, what's Keanu going to do next? Yeah. And it doesn't get stale. No, not at all. And we're, you know, we're going to be talking John Wick, John Wick chapter two, and then Parabellum chapter, chapter three, which is out on the 17th. Do you have your tickets already? No, because I'm not a hundred percent. We can't see it that weekend. Are you kidding me? No, we can't. Oh my God, you're going. You're missing out on the biggest Assassins Weekend ever. I want to go. I if I could, I would go see it myself. But my wife wants to go, and then we have a concert Saturday, and we're supposed to go to Philly's game on Sunday. Ugh, fine time. Go in the morning. I I can't. I'm going to see it on Thursday. I'm very excited. I got opening night tickets. I'm going to see it the following Tuesday with my dad. I am 100% pumped for this movie. Chelsea's going to see it with me. We're going to dress in all black. I'm going to wear a John Wick wig. I'm going to wear my John Wick shirt under my suit. Is she dressing up as the puppy? Yeah, I'm going to walk her on a leash. You know, that's that's the life we live. But let's talk a little bit of John Wick. Uh, we're going to talk the whole franchise. The franchise is directed by Chad Stahaski, who was, ironically, Neo's uh, stunt double on The Matrix. Yes. Which is really cool. So we kind of alluded to our love for John Wick in the previous minute and a half that we've been talking. But we've talked about Chad a little bit on the podcast after seeing, I believe it was chapter two, where we discussed like, it's really cool to see a stuntman go into directing and actually, he actually has a a feel on the action. So he's kind of like, I'm going to say it, he's kind of like the Peter Jackson of assassin movies. Okay. You know, Peter Jackson stays, he's doing the whole trilogy, right? So you really don't see a lot of directors staying on for all three chapters. They may go for the first one, leave for the second one, give it to someone else, and then go on to the third one. Chad is staying for, he did one with uh, David Leitch, who was uncredited in in the first one. Then he did chapter two by himself. Chapter three is all by himself. Again, he knows the character. This is the world that he's set up. And, uh, you know, I'm here for it. And and David Leitch, you know, he went on to have a do some big movies himself. He did Deadpool two, yeah, and he's doing uh, Hobbs and Shaw, yeah. Um, which I'm still kind of on the fence with. It looks great, but it's hard for me to put that into the Fast and the Furious universe. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like Black Winter Soldier. Yeah, it really doesn't like they could have just made it a different characters. And it's really weird that they're they're deciding to make a chapter universe. Like, what's next? We're going to get a Letty universe? Who knows? Well, I know that they're they're talking about still doing a Charlize Theron series, too. Okay. Yeah, and they're like, you know, because... because uh, did you know that she was in the running for Hippolyta and Wonder Woman? No. 
Yeah, she she thought she was getting cast as Wonder Woman, and they they wanted her to go for Hippolyta because she was nine years older than Gal Gadot, and then that's mm-hmm. she turned it down. And then she went on to do, you know, Atomic Blonde, and you know, killed it in the scenes that she was in in Fast and the Furious. So they're like, yeah, we're gonna work on a Fast and the Furious story storyline for you, which is kind of weird. Yeah, like I want to get like the a little Bow Wow series. Oh. From no. Tokyo Drift, or the the kid from Tokyo Drift, uh, something black. I yeah, his name. Let's get him. Let's do a whole series on him again. He he carried Tokyo Drift. That's a great movie, right? Yeah, that was the worst. Yeah, it was awful. I'd so rather bad. watch Grand Theft Auto video play for an hour than watch that. It, it was so bad. But we're we're talking good stuff. We're talking John Wick. How did you find out about John Wick? Because it came out in 2014, and I was let. I don't think I was on the John Wick wave when it was in the theaters. I don't even know if it went to theaters. No, it did. And I remember, I think we talked about it, but we didn't, I know we didn't see it in theaters. And I remember... We certainly weren't a, po- we weren't a podcast when this came out. No. And I remember like talking to my wife, and I was like, oh, that movie looks really good. And I think she did something. She probably did said something stupid and made me mad, so she felt bad and went out and bought me John Wick. And I... You were a DVD child of John Wick. Yeah. I, I was too. She was like, oh, I bought this. You said you w- liked it. And I was like, oh, yeah. I said, I didn't see it, but I wanted to see it. And I watched it, and it was phenomenal. Was it in 2014, or was it later? It was when, like, probably a couple weeks, maybe a week or two after the Blu-ray release. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. I, I was a Redbox rental for John Wick. Um, at the point when John Wick came out, Keanu wasn't the Keanu we talk about now. He wasn't no. the let's fan cast him for everything. He, you know, he was he wasn't Neo. He was more Forty Seven Ronin. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of the in between where they were like, okay, we're gonna take Keanu. Everybody knows him, and see what happens. And then I saw it on uh, Redbox, probably around 2014, summer of 2014, maybe. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And it just it reinvented the whole assassin film industry i guess if you will the the genre yeah definitely and it just it just also spawned like some bad assassin movies yeah because they're like everybody can now be an assassin like this came out i think before like the equalizer came out it came out way before proud mary atomic blonde red sparrow this came this was peppermint like yep oh god don't even remind me of that i blocked that from my subconscious when you think of like john wick you're like okay he's the the new age assassin yeah and this might be dated or i might be skipping over something but i haven't been this excited for an assassin movie or like this kind of action type movie since death wish in the 80s (laughs) not the bruce willis death wish no god no has there been anybody in between charles bronson and keanu to be this assassin assassin itself no i mean you know you had like taken but he really wasn't an assassin no, I mean, Take it, Taken was good. That was a good franchise. But, but he seems like Liam Neeson seems to be doing the same goddamn movie in just a different temperature. Yeah. He's doing one Cold Pursuit. Then he's doing like Summer Getaways. And like, that's all Liam Neeson does now is like Old Man Assassin movies. Yeah, what'd he do? The train movie? He did the, the plane Non-stop, movie? Nonstop, yeah. Then he's doing like the Snowplow movie. It's like when Mr. Plow fights the Plow King. Yeah. It was just like... It, I didn't. I didn't see the last few of Liam Neeson, but Taken, I love it. Yeah, but, but between, I don't think that really was an assassin. He was an operative 
you know, a government operative that kind of yeah, went crazy a, because his daughter was, he was a cons- Yeah, he was a concerned parent. Yeah. So uh, I don't really consider that an assassin type, but... Do you count Born? No, because I don't really think he was an assassin. Hmm. Yeah, he kind of was an assassin. Okay, so we got three. We go Charles Bronson, Jason Bourne, John Wick. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a good company to be in. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, what did you think of the first movie? Now, 2014, again, we weren't a podcast. We were still active geeks. We were still moviegoers. Came out with $130 million. Yeah. That's how much that first movie made. $110 million over his budget. Like, that's fantastic. That's, it's a tw- I think it was $20 million to make the first John Wick. It, it was. Pro- it was $20 million and they made 14.4 in the open weekend. And that I think that $20 million just went towards the cars that they destroyed. <laughs> yeah, pretty that, much. That might have been it. But what did you think of the first movie? I loved it. Um, the whole movie itself to me was about redemption. You know, you had this guy who had the love of his life, and the last thing that tied him to her was that puppy. And, you know, and the whole thing, like, they they make a joke of it, but it's truly, that was the whole first movie about it. You know, he he lost the love of his life and everything that tied him to it, and he lost it. And he wanted to pay, and there was nothing that was going to stop him. Yeah, and, and you think you think about it like the death of the Pumpy, like that's the thing that everybody talks about about yeah. the John Wick movie. Like they don't talk about Kevin Nash's cameo or like even Alfie Allen. They just talk about the puppy dying. They're like, "Oh, have you ever seen John Wick?" Yeah, I couldn't get over it. The puppy died. Yeah, and like I, I feel like honestly, I would do the same thing if someone killed the only attachment of, like, only remembrance of my wife minus pictures. And I was a previously lethal assassin. I'd probably do the same thing. Now, Jim, to the, today, he's not a lethal assassin yet, but he's working on it. So <laughs> I'm testing our listeners. Don't come at my cats. And just you're, you're gonna get you're gonna get Jim Wick. J- Jim Wick. I'm gonna change my name to Jim Wick. That sounds kind of creepy. Yeah, it's but... like a gay candlestick maker. <laughs> the the movie itself was well done. You know, you had. There's a lot of bloody action films out there, and to me, they can be overdone and not have a story. This had everything. A good story, blood, action, and it came totally out of left field. Yeah, and it opened up a whole universe. Like, that's the thing. Like, it opened the entire assassination nation. Yeah. Oh, you like what I did there? That movie. Assassin- assassination nation? But they like from like the cleaners. They showed you like the hierarchy with the, mm-hmm. with the continental. The people that worked there, like everybody had a different job. But yeah. their main, like, like you have um, Lance Reddick's character. He's essentially the bellhop, but he does everything. Yeah, you know Peter Serafinowicz is the outfitter. You know, it, it's just the way that they intertwine this, the universe that this was created, was crazy good. And like I was reading about the movie like a while ago, John Wick was supposed to be in his sixties. Yeah. Yep. It and, would have been Liam Neeson. And they were like, nah, you know, we want we want a seasoned actor and you know, John Wick is fifty or uh Cannon Reeves is fifty now. Should he just change his name to John Wick at this point? He should. I mean, I've been calling him John Wick for the past nine years. <laughs> and that's longer than the movie's been out. <laughs> like, oh you see the Matrix with John Wick in it? Like, no, it's Keanu. Who I talked about this on the Alice Wars. Is he on your dream board of guests to get? Oh, yeah. 
like he might be number one for me. Yeah, he's you know he's he's been working for so long and has like honestly one of my favorite movies is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, it's amazing. And then you know you have movies like Speed yeah, and The, the Matrix. Matrix, and now this, and then you know Forty Seven Ronin. I liked. I liked. you know there's. John, Keanu, see, I almost called him John again. Keanu Reeves is one of those actors where it's you're hot or cold with him. Like you either loved him in the '90s, you loved him in the 2000s, or you love him now. It there's not like oh he's my favorite actor, and if there are, then congratulations, you've watched some bad movies too. Yeah, but like and- he he does put out like I wasn't a, I'm not like I'm not a huge fan of The Matrix, but I appreciate The Matrix and I appreciate what it did for Keanu and the Wachowskis. The Wachowskis did that, right? Yeah. And Lawrence Fishburne, I I appreciate the story that it told. Uh, one of my favorite movies that Keanu was in is a more recent one is Knock Knock. Yeah, that was a good one. It's a weird one, but I love it. He was in Replicas. Replicas didn't do that well, but I'm like I like Bill and Ted. That's I like Keanu and Bill and Ted, Speed and John Wick. Yeah, I, I'm not a big Neo fan, but I appreciate Neo. Yeah, and then you know what? With this movie, like they took a gamble with him. Yeah, absolutely. At this point, you know he wasn't doing much. He did Forty Seven Ronin a year prior. That movie yeah. was a dud. Like yeah. as much as I liked it, it had his hundred and seventy five million dollar budget and only made one hundred and fifty one. You and I were the only people in the theater when we went and saw it. Yeah, and I like so, on opening was, weekend. Yeah, I think it was like that Saturday morning or something. We went see. Yep, yep. And you know, after that movie, I was like, his career might be done because he didn't do anything prior to that, like nothing big. And then that came out, and I was like, Ugh. I was like, yeah, I, I think mean, I think it's going to be on a serious de- decline. Well, at the time when Forty Seven Ronin came out, the only work that Keanu had done before that, like leading up to that, was like bench memes. Like he's sitting in New York City by himself and he's sad. Like that was like that was the millennial introduction, reintroduction to Keanu. Like he was he was gone from the Matrix and they're like, oh, look how sad Keanu Reeves is. He must be doing terrible. But the guy is like the nicest dude ever. He donates pretty much all his money to charities. Yeah. He apparently has a ton of motorcycles, which are amazing. And like he's just a friendly guy who likes to keep to himself. Like as weird as that sounds, but he's me. Yeah. <laughs> I, Keanu Reeves, I said last week that Danny DeVito was my spirit animal, but I would like it to be an, an amalgamation of Keanu Reeves and Danny DeVito. Keanu DeVito? Yeah, oh, my, that sounds awesome. It sounds like a mob boss. <laughs> but the, the thing about John Wick that really makes me like Keanu more is that he really researched the character, yeah. researched the universe, researched how to use guns, how to use like the stunts how to like he disciplined himself in martial arts the fact the the attention to detail that not only him and chad did were amazing it gives me much more respect for keanu because like he was what he's 50 now so he was what 45 when this came out around there yeah uh, 46 maybe he did 90 percent of his stunts in there and you talked about how it had a story yes it had a story it it did have some you know blood and violence because obviously it's an assassin movie but it was like an artsy assassination movie where like the kill shots were how you would imagine a SEAL team member to do it. Yeah. They were so militant. They were so precise. And he, the attention to detail, like, we watch a lot of shows where, like, someone gets shot in the head and they pop right back up like The Undertaker in WWF. But with John Wick, he's, like, boom, hit you in the head, 
you're not dead yet. I'm going to hit you in the head one more time or I'm going to hit you in the heart. And the attention to the kill shots are amazing. So the question I'll ask you, Chuck, and this could be divisive because he does have some really uh, important and great roles. Is this Keanu's best role? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I really do. Um, you know, I, he, he submerses himself into it. And, you know, he just, he embodies the character, like kind of like you were saying. And I just, before this, I'd probably say Matrix. Yeah. Um, but Not I, 47 I, Ronin? No, no. No, no, not 47 Ronin. I, a little disappointed. Um, you know, I love Bill and Ted, but I think a lot of people don't associate him with that. Yeah, because most people who are like our age either don't remember Bill and Ted or like they forget about it. Yeah. They kind of put the blinders up to Keanu. They're like, oh, John Wick. That's all I know from him now. Yeah. I and think, um, do you do you think that there, like, could you see anybody else playing Keanu? Or, God, jeez. Do you see anybody else playing John Wick? Um, honestly, if they didn't get him, they went for 60s, it would have been Liam Neeson. Yeah, I'm saying, man, that it, it would have been Liam Neeson. He would have been John Wick, but, you know, he was already doing Taken. Yeah. But I, I think, again, I'm with you, man. This is the, the best role for of Keanu's career. Uh, Johnny Utah, he was great in, in Point Break, right? He was he was fun in that. He was and, great in The Replacements. Yeah, I, as soon as you said Johnny Utah, I know what you're saying, but I was like, I thought of The Replacements. Yeah, him and yeah. Gene Hackman. and yeah, He was good in that movie. He, he was great in Speed. That was a fun little flick. But John Wick, man, it's just the... I've grown to love Keanu in my or Keanu. I've grown to love Keanu in his later years as I mature because I can associate not not associate, but I can respect his choices and I can respect the the craft that he goes into it. Just the fact that he decided he was going to do jiu-jitsu and he was going to learn how to use guns, the utmost respect for him for doing yeah. this and uh man, I want to meet the dude. I went to New York a couple months or a month ago. And the main thing I wanted to do was just walk around Central Park and try and fight Keanu Reeves on a bench. <laughs> just so I could be best friends with him. Give him my card and say, listen, I don't give a shit if you answer one question or you just call and say hello. That's all I want for the podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. He, do you think he'll ever do a con? No. I don't think so either. I don't I, think I, he seems very private. He is, he is very private. Like I think you only see him on press tours. Like when he has a movie come out, that's it. You don't ever see him on TMZ. You don't see him doing like these wired auto completes. You you barely see him on the GQ stuff. He just did the the motorcycle one because he has John Wick to come out. Yeah. So like he only comes out when he wants to come out, and I I appreciate that because you also don't see him in any trouble that no. I can remember. No, right? he, he like I said, he probably just keeps his head down, works when he wants to, and that's it. I'm kind of disappointed that you didn't say that the lake house was your favorite role for Keanu Reeves. I never seen it. Oh, it oh you know what? A- oh, wait, 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 is that the one with Sandra Bullock? Yeah, where he's like sending letters through shit. I have seen it. Yeah, I mean that might be a box office number one. So you better get fully be. immersed. And what about he just did one? I don't think it did well, and I think it went straight to DVD or went straight to streaming. Was um, Destination Wedding? Oh yeah, that I think that was meant for like Netflix. Wasn't like Diane Lane in that or Diane Keaton? No, it was him and Winona Ryder. Oh okay, yeah, like two 
actors that are in their uh, ascension towards greatness, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, she, uh, she's she been crushing it, too. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, Stranger Things put her back on the map, so. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the Continental, okay. the universe that this movie, this franchise has created. I know you. You know me. We both love the assassination stuff. We love the assassin stuff. What What do you think about the world that the, you know, Chad and the Continental have created? I love it. Like you said, they created a world. It's not just okay. This guy gets a contract and he goes kill someone. There is an organization. There is rules and regulations, and you know, it's it's a syndicate and a, a very intricate syndicate. And that's what I love about it because it's not just, Hey, I'm going to pay you $5 million to go kill this guy. Okay. Boom. He's dead. It's, you know, there's change, of chain of commands and, you know, the continental is the, you know, the hotel, which is kind of like the safe base for assassins. Yeah, it's like all these assassins are playing tag, a huge game of tag, mm-hmm. and they can come together and sit at the Continental and share a bourbon, and it's base. Yeah. You know, we kind of saw that with, you know, Common and John in Chapter 2, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but the Continental is exactly what you said it is. It created the, the universe, the hierarchy of everything, the respect of the rules, the fact that this building can operate, and it doesn't seem like anybody... Like, it's not on the radar of the cops, whether they're paid off. We don't ever see that. No. And it's global. Yes. We saw the Continental in Chapter 2 in Europe. We're going to, we're probably going to see a Continental in every fucking country in Chapter 3. You know, and because he was excommunicado, you you don't know where he's going to go. But, like, you also, like, see that, like, they do not discriminate on anybody or any gender, race, or anything. Like, you can have an old woman be the operator. You could have a black assassin, a white assassin, an Italian assassin, an Indian assassin, an Asian assassin. You could have all these assassins in the same building, and the only thing that they care about is if you're going to obey the rules. They don't care about what you've done, who you've killed, where you've killed, just as long as you abide by the rules of Continental. And it's it's a, a template for a great movie franchise in itself, just the Continental and the world. But it's also a template for a series, and we kind of saw that they wanted to do something similar to the Continental as far as a movie goes, and they made Hotel Artemis. Now, I haven't seen Hotel Artemis. No, neither have I. And I'm disappointed I haven't seen it because it does have a stellar cast. When I when it came out, I know you and I both saw it, like the the trailer. We're like, man, this looks really good. And it turned out to be a dud. Yeah. It turned out to be really bad. I mean, at least the, the reviews I read, but it didn't work because you don't have the same passion that Chad Stahansky and everybody else has for the John Wick and the Continental. But then we find out that, like, just like what DC Universe is doing, they're like, oh, you guys like Batman? We're going to do an Alfred series. You guys like John Wick? Let's do a Continental series. They announce it. Nothing's progressed. No. There's no talk of it. IMDb is like a ghost town, but it's still announced. What do you think about the announcement of a Continental series? Do you think it's going to work? Are you on board for this? Like, where are you at with this? I'm skeptical. Just, I mean, I think it could work, but I don't think it's going to happen because it kind of just seems, you know, what was it, about a year, year and a half ago we got this? Yeah, it was like right a, after Chapter 2. And we're like, cool. And then 
didn't hear anything. So um, I think it would be great. I think the um, possibilities are endless. You know, with countless assassins and you have dozens of continentals all over the world. You know, even in a country, I'm sure there's East Coast, West Coast, South, and just countries all over the world. Oh, could you imagine the Southern Continental? Uh, be like, oh a, my, be like, like a bed and res- breakfast. Yeah, no, the restaurant would be Cracker Barrel. <laughs> oh God, who would run that? It would be like it would be Matt Damon, Billy Bob Thornton. From, oh yeah, Billy Bob from Thornton. Sling Blade. Or, yeah, or you, like Alan Tudyk and um, Matt Damon's characters from Deadpool Two, <laughs> like the Trailer Park Boys. Oh, that would be rough. That I don't want to see a Southern Continental. <laughs> That's just like a Holiday Inn. <laughs> That's what a Southern Continental is. Uh, I think with the series, I I believe I'm on board with you. The possibilities are endless. Uh, the recipe to making this work is the cast. And yeah. you're taking you need to take people from the John Wick universe. So this could all take place post John Wick chapter three, and that's why we haven't heard anything and they don't want to let out rumors. Or this could take place between when John was an assassin and when he stopped being assassin. So like you can still have a chance to kind of see Keanu do this, but like the it would be nice if you did you know, Ian McShane in it, mm-hmm. once American Gods is done. Lance Reddick. Yeah. He I think he has to be in it. Yeah, absolutely. You can do Angelica Houston. You can do the characters that they're bringing in now that are like the hierarchy. But then you could bring in old assassins that you haven't seen in a while. Willem Dafoe. You could bring in Ruby Rose. Common, the Italian broad that he killed in the or who killed herself in the bathtub. Like you could bring these guys over. The Russians. You can bring all these characters over, and then you still feel connected to the universe. You don't want this to like. At least I don't want this to be a series that just uses John Wick's brand and kind of makes a mockery of it. See, I don't think anything what you said is going to happen because it normally doesn't so what yeah. my thing is there i think they can get lance reddick because he's an obtainable name and I think ian mcshane's obtainable he's busy well american gods is probably going to end this season but like i can see them doing like lance reddick like all right we're gonna you're gonna get a you know you're not gonna go to new york and give you you know, Colorado or something no, like that. You know, he's not the lead though. He's he can't you can't give him a a, a whole hotel to run. He's just the dorm he's the He's, he's the, the concierge. Ed. Yeah, but he's not you need a director. You need Ian McShane's character. No, like, I'm not, have, I'm saying that's a huge jump. That's like Batman becoming or Alfred becoming Batman. No, I'm not saying he's he's gonna run the hotel. I'm gonna say He's going to be your focus point going to a different hotel where there's a different director like an Ian McShane or someone like that. I think he's going to be the connection because I don't think I don't think anyone else. I think you keep it in. I think you keep it in New York and you you can bring in these characters. I think that Ian McShane is attainable uh, because just because he's at the height of his career now, you know, he he doesn't have to do the whole series, but he can come in for cameos and stuff like that. It could be a limited series too. It doesn't have to be like this. Doesn't have to be a a four season run for the same cast. It could be a limited series where you have Lance Reddick, but I think it takes place in New York. It has to be in New York, and then it can bounce from you know Continentals to Continentals, just so you can see Peter Serafinowicz and and everybody else that are doing these things over there. But I also think you just need to. 
if you're going to do it, do it with faces that you that you recognize, not fa- new faces. It's, don't take the Watchmen approach and say it's what you need. It's what you need, not what you want. Oh. Like I don't want like oh you guys like John Wick. Well, this is Peggy Wick, his cousin. Like I don't want that. I fully agree with you. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, because we're smarter than Hollywood at some point. It's what we it's what we want, not what we need. We want yeah. new, fresh actors instead of the actors that we recognize in a yeah. in a movie uh, franchise that continues to make more money as it progresses, and the Rotten Tomato scores continue to get better, and the reviews get better. Fucking Richard Roper gave John Wick Chapter Three a four of four, and he's really tough with movies. He gave four of four, wow. four of four on Rotten Tomatoes. So I mean, that's that's impressive. But let's let's talk the sequel. Let's talk Chapter Two, 2017, the follow-up, 158 million dollars, 100, uh, 158 million dollar gross, 118 million dollars over budget. John Wick, Keanu Reeves does 95% of the stunts. What do you think of the sequel? I loved it. Um, the biggest thing after seeing John Wick is like, where do they go? Yeah. And to where this movie was more about redemption, or the first one was more about redemption. To me, this movie was more about honor. Yeah. Because he didn't want to do it, but he was honoring the code. And yep. um, everything was about honor. And, you know, he went back on his word and re-entered this world when he wasn't supposed to. And they kind of forced his hand. And he did it because he goes, this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, some of some of the best fight scenes came out of this sequel, too. Oh, yeah. Him in common was, is, is the stuff of, I guess, stunt coordinators' dreams. To yeah. the way that they made that work, and then just oh my god, it was so good. And then, you know they blew up his house. John Linguizama's still in it. Like you just it, you know where they go from chapter one is they upgrade from a beagle to a pit bull. Yep, <laughs> that's like that was the big thing. Like when I saw the pit bull, I was like, oh Jesus! It's like this dog's gonna die now too. And I'm worried about the horse in chapter three. Yeah, did uh. But chap- do you, do you think Chapter 2 was better than Chapter 1? Because a lot of people say Chapter 2 is the best of the John Wick universe. See, it's tough because I always love, I think I always love John Wick because it was the introduction to a character. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I'm on the same page. But the second one was great. The second yeah. one just kind of took everything that you knew and flipped it on its head and said, we're going to go bigger and better. Yeah, and it, it, ta- it got better reviews. It made more money. And like John Wick number one could sit alone as a it doesn't have to be a trilogy i know it was intended for a trilogy but if if john wick didn't make it as a as a franchise then you know it doesn't have to be that would have been yeah it would have been a fine standalone movie but to you know after one they just dove deeper into this world and it was you know one of the best scenes in the whole is when he's walking through new york and all these assassins are getting the the text like john wick is available john wick you know kill him kill him or whatever and how he's just you know it's kind of like there's assassins around every corner oh my god dude that scene when he gets excommunicadoed and they're like this is what's about to happen amazing that was the best ending of a movie that i've seen in a very very long time like that was like the penultimate moment like what's gonna happen and we have to wait two years for it to actually happen yeah oh it was so good man so good uh, i who was your favorite like assassin reveal was it the sumo wrestler uh i really liked the girl playing the instrument in the subway 
Yeah, that was a good one. Um, you know what? The the best one to me came before that. It was the homeless guy. Yeah. Who set him up with, uh, you know, the Mike Tyson of the assassin world, Lawrence Fishburne, playing with his pigeons. Yeah, and he kind of like, you know, he, he shot and bloody and the guy like kind of pulled him down, threw a tarp over him and... Did his start, thing. Started acting and then they, they came and he fucking killed him. Yeah, and like that last scene that we're talking about with the, the excommunicado stuff, it really teaches you like don't judge a book by its cover like you never know who is capable of what like they went through like everybody a mother the homeless guy the 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 sumo wrestler looking guy the violinist the street performance they went through every single person and it could be anybody out there could be a sleeper cell just waiting for that call and i think that that was like that was a very eye-opening moment for the moviegoer because you're like wow the whole world is about to implode like this they you know we thought it was just like two hotels but now it's the entire city of new york let alone the entire world he's got like a 14 million dollar bounty on his head right yeah yep. which is crazy crazy money i would get that old nokia cell phone out and get that phone call and that's the one thing i love they have like i'm like what cell phones are they using I guess maybe because they're, you know, the technology, they can't be traced as well as a smartphone and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, they're burner phones. Yeah. You can like, that's the whole thing. It's like a drug dealer. Like you get these old burner phones and if you're compromised, they'll just take your number off. You go to the continental, give the operator your new number and you're good to go. So it's just like you can, you get the phone call and you just drop the cell phone in the garbage can. And then, you know, once I, it's probably just used for one time. I'm explaining burner phones to people like they don't know what it is, but <laughs> you get the phone call and you just drop it and it's like, okay, move on. And you get a new one. You go back to your iPhone. Like you don't need your Nokia phone that has snake on it. That I, that was like my first track phone. Yeah. But the thing that we're, we're kind of over, overlooking Keanu is great, but the supporting cast throughout the series has been huge. You got yeah. people like Alfie Allen, who was, they were riding off of the, game of thrones stuff with theon willem dafoe i love willem dafoe have you ever seen willem the friend no no we, we don't get willem the friend we always get willem dafoe uh we get dean we got dean winters mm-hmm. we got our mockingbird adrian pilecki bridget monahan was in it for uh, a couple flashbacks yeah johnny liguizamo fantastic yep. casting like he's playing the perfect role for him yeah uh, ian mcshane we talked about uh, the late Michael Nyquist. He died? Yeah, this is one of his final roles. I didn't know that. You got Lance Reddick, Ruby Rose, Common, Lawrence Fishburne. What do you think about the supporting cast throughout the, the series? I love it. You know, in the first one, um, they didn't get a lot of big names. Um, but, you know, I mean, Willem Dafoe. I, I love Willem Dafoe, and he was just this cool, calculated you know, assassin, and I loved him. But then, you know, the second one, they kind of stopped at their game. We get Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. And to play the Bowery King, you know, he's he's the head of a homeless syndicate, which is phenomenal. Yeah. I like that more than just getting Lawrence Fishburne, but you're reuniting Neo and Morpheus. Yeah. Like that, that was a huge moment, and it's, it's it's cool. It was like, that was the moment everybody wanted to see, like, Keanu and Lawrence reuniting like it was the first time they'd be on a screen since like the early 2000s so you're like oh my god he is the one like everybody's like fanboying out that was that was a good one but yeah i, I agree man they got some 
older recognizable names like Dean Winters, Defoe, like you said, Fishburne. And then they threw in some some young dudes like, you know, Common. He's not young, young, but young in the acting realm, right? And he was great. He's fantastic. He really was. You know, he played Cassian. And the two best scenes I love with him in is when they're walking through the mall and they're yeah. just shooting at each other. And it yeah, like he's like, holding the gun over his shoulder. Yeah, and it's like, like very calm. And uh, the second, the other scene is when they're fighting in Italy and they go through the pane glass window of the Continental. Yeah. And like right then and there, it's like, you got to stop. Here go. And they sat down and had a drink together. Like five minutes ago that you were trying to kill each other and now they're having a shot of whiskey. Yeah. And he's like, I'll be seeing you soon, Johnny. Yeah. Now, are we assuming that Cassian's dead? He, I think well, people are saying that he's still alive. He hasn't been confirmed for Chapter 3. Well, the last time we seen him was on a subway, and John Wick said he was given a professional courtesy, and he had the knife in his heart. Yep. And said, if you take it out, you bleed out. Yeah. So he could have maybe made a call to you know an underground surgeon or something or got somewhere somewhere and got it removed and fixed when they say underground surgeon you know it means veterinarian yeah <laughs> like every underground surgeon is a vet and it's always like a vet tech where they're like i've only operated on one cat but you like they made it off like he could be alive yeah either way not- i don't think we're gonna see him Nah, i don't think so would it be cool if – all right, let's go back to a couple questions ago. Would it be cool if the Continental was based around Common? That would be cool. Yeah, because we established that that character's badass. He's formidable to John Wick, um, and it's a recognizable face. So you get Common and you get Lance Reddick. Yeah, I like that. And then, Yeah, I, I would be on board with that one too. I love the cast for Parabellum, I have to say. Like – it's some funny characters that I would never expect in this movie, like Jason Manzukis, yeah, who's playing the TikTok man. And I only like I know him from like the league where he played Rafi, who was like this dirty scumbag, and like um, oh, Big Mouth, like he's like this sexually charged boy who's like having sex with pillows. <laughs> I'm so excited to see him in a grounded movie. But like you introduce Halle Berry as Sophia, Mark Dukakis as Zero. Asia Kate Dillon as the educator, Angelica Houston as the director. I haven't seen Angelica Houston in like 25 years. Yeah, I, uh, what was it, um, Adam's Family. That was the last yeah. thing I remember her in. Right? Uh, Jerome Frin- uh, Flynn, Braun from Game of Thrones is playing yeah. Beretta. Uh, the Penguin, Robert Lord Taylor, yep. plays the administrator. And then Philly's own, Boban Marjanovic is playing Ernest. Boban Marjanovic? <laughs> Yeah, Boban Marjanovic is in it. I didn't he plays know that. Ernest. I didn't know that. He, he's going to be the tallest assassin ever. Yeah. It's so exciting. And that, you know, he was further down on the cast line. So maybe Sixers fans are going to be uh, spoiled by that moment. But other people are like, there's a real tall guy with huge ears in this movie. <laughs> and they're gonna be like, is that the big show? Did he lose weight? But what do you think about the cast for Parabellum? I like it. Um, one, I, th- I hope this kind of reinvents Halle Berry like it did jo- or, uh, Keanu Reeves. She needs it, man. And she, she looks good in it. Yeah, she she's ageless. Yeah. Like and then Mary um, always looks good. I uh Mark Dukakis. Dukakis. Have you ever seen Brotherhood of the Wolf? No. 
Oh my god. Watch it. Okay. It's it's a it's a French movie. Okay. It was from 2001 and um it was in 18th century France. Basically werewolves in 18th century France. Okay. And he is badass in it. And it it is a French movie so we watched it on um English dub. But uh, I think we found it like Walmart when it first came out or something, and that's the first time I I seen Mark, and I was like, yo, this guy's awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to see him as Zero. Um, Angelica Houston looks cool. You know, she plays uh, the she's director. a member. Of, yeah, she's a member of the High Table, and she's a protector of John Wick. Yeah, it's always cool that like he's gonna have somebody in his back. Mm-hmm. And then like, do you, like, you think Ian? You think Ian McShane has his back too? Like he's like he wants to root for John. Yeah, from the trailer, yes. Okay. From what I've seen in the trailer, yes. Okay. What I was gonna say. What about um, Howie Berry? What about what about Sophia? Do you think she's got his back? Yeah, I I do. For, again, from the trailer, um, she's actually a management at a Continental. Yeah, she's like she's like the Southern management of the Continental. She looks like, I don't know, she looks more like SoCal. Either SoCal or Texas. She's got the boots, she's got the German Shepherds, she's got herding dogs. Yeah. I um I think that she is going to turn on John. Really? I think that there's going to be something that's going to make her turn. I think also think that there's going to be a love connection between the two. Uh, I can see that. Yeah, I, I think that there's going to be a turn. At some point, I think there's going to be a turn because it, it can't be so cut and dry. Like, oh, John Wick's going to fight everybody and Halle Berry, the next biggest star in the movie, is going to be his best friend and that's it. Like, $14 million will make people change regardless to your history. You know, I hate to say it, but like family will turn on you, friends will turn on you for $14 million. So these people haven't seen each other in a very long time. There's a likelihood that she's going to turn on him. And there's also a likelihood that one of those German Shepherds or that pit bull is going to die. And John Wick's going to get pissed. It's, uh, I'm going to get pissed. I'm going to, PETA's going to get pissed. Second time PETA's been in this episode, in this, uh, on this podcast in the past two weeks. What do you think about the footage? Uh, footage looks great. Yeah, John you know, Wick They're on not horse? showing a whole lot. He's on a horse, Chuck. Yo, that motorcycle scene. What what's better, him with the samurai sword on the motorcycles, or him with the samurai sword on the horse? It's the horse, Chuck. That's Napoleon Bonaparte type shit, where he's on the horse right through the Holland Tunnel, cutting off Yakuza. I'm assuming they're Yakuza motorcycle heads. John Wick on a horse. Yeah, that's. Is there any other animal you'd want John Wick to ride in this movie? Ostrich. That was the same thing I was thinking of. Could you imagine him going to like the Outback Continental where there's nothing but blooming onions and he's riding an ostrich just cutting people's heads off? Taika Waititi's in the movie. He came over from New Zealand. Oh, I would be all about it. And then the other thing is like somehow they end up in the desert. Yeah. I don't know where to... Like they... Each movie they just get bigger and grander scale. Because he's running... He's on the run. He can't just be in New York. That yeah. would be the last place I'd be on the run in. Yeah. You know, there's so many goddamn people there. So the first thing I would do is go to the desert. Yeah, somewhere remote where no one's going to see you. Yeah, go to like the Mojave and you can keep it moving. Yeah. 
definitely. That's that's what I would do. I think the footage is fantastic. They, you're you're right. They didn't show a lot of stuff, but what they showed was amazing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I want so much more of this. I don't think I've seen Robin, uh, Lord Taylor, or Jerome Flynn in the trailers. Definitely haven't seen Boban, and maybe not Jason Manzukas. So I think they, they're just keeping the same characters in the trailers. They do men. I seen a clip where they do mention um, Jerome Flynn's character. Yeah, Beretta. Yeah. Um, the o- the only people I've really seen I've seen Zero, who seems to be like the head guy who's going after John Wick. Yeah. And I've seen the adjuster or the educator, Asia Kate Dillon. I've seen a lot of her. But yeah, so we also seen Angelica Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then Halle Berry. So we haven't seen a every new cast member. Yeah, I mean, we didn't see Boban. No, I I think Boban is going to be like uh, Big Show. He's going to be in it for like thirty seconds. Like he wasn't Not Big happy? Show, uh, Kevin Nash. Like, what about the Big Show and Happy? Oh yeah, where he's just taking a dump. Best scene in the first episode. Um, what are you expecting from the ch- third chapter? Now, when I posted on Instagram, the the original Rotten Tomato score it was ninety seven. On Sunday, it was ninety eight. It's gone down to ninety five. Still nothing to bat your eye at. No. What are you expecting from a ninety five percent Rotten Tomato score on John Wick? Uh, I'm expecting a lot of action, which I know we're going to get. Um, and what if honestly, this were like a, a drama. Like there were no action in it, and we just saw the trailer, and they they it turned into beach lake house, oh, lake house two, yeah, um, lake house two. I'm back. Um, and honestly, I want a conclusion to the trilogy. Yeah, no loose ends. No, no chance that this comes back for a fourth movie. No, not John Wick Maximum Overdrive. Oh, that sounds awful. It would be, and Mel Gibson would be in it. <laughs> You'd watch that movie. I know you would. Yeah, I probably would. We'd talk about it on here. The only way I think this movie could have been better is if Nicolas Cage were in it. Oh, my God. It would have been great, right? Nicolas Cage? Yeah. Or Alex Winter? Oh. I hope he has a cameo in it. That'd be amazing. I would be. I'm here for the Alex Winter cameo. So if it happens, it happens. Um, I'm expecting the same things that you're expecting: a ton of action, uh, great stunt work. I want to see him do 100% of his stunt work because he started at uh, 97, or he started at 90%. Then he went to 95, and, and the third one he might as well do 100. Yeah. I want to see 100%. So I also want to see this. Sad as it sounds, I want this to beat the Avengers. Yeah, me too. And I think it will because it's like the Avengers barely beat Pikachu. And I'm, I know you you texted me. The, you remember I said this moment in I Told You So was sponsored by Modesty. <laughs> I think this has a chance to beat it. So this might be a number one box office flashback podcast for you. I hope it is. I hope it is too. I also hope that Keanu keeps the momentum rolling with John Wick Chapter 3. So he can get castings in other other universes like Marvel or DC. Do you see Keanu Reeves getting cast in like Marvel, DC, any universe like that? Do you are is there a role out there for him? I think it's definitely a role out there. Um, I think he definitely fits in some type of universe. I, I you know I don't know what a Star Wars would be cool. Yeah. Um, you know Kylo Kylo Ren aged twenty years. 
Well, they're doing a um, supposedly a Knights of the Republic story. Yeah, that would be really neat to fit him in there, and then you know that way that storyline is kind of you can create your own characters, and yeah. he's not trying to replicate something that was already done before. Yeah, you don't want him to play Finn, right? No. What about like a lot of people want him as Batman? Is is Keanu Reeves a Batman at age fifty? I think he could be a good Batman. I don't know about a good Bruce Wayne. Yeah, because like Bruce Wayne has to talk. Yeah, like and Keanu is a great actor, but like they give him these roles with like less dialogue because of what he can do action wise. And then, like with Keanu Reeves, like he's got a cold delivery. Yeah, it's not. He's not a wooden actor by any means, but his 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 delivery is very cold. To where yeah. I think that's why it's perfect. This assassin type, and where yeah. I think he would be perfect, Batman, because it would be cold, and just you know, um, not monotone, but this the way he he delivers. I just don't it's very, think it's flat. It's a flat. Yeah. He has a flat effect. Yeah, and it, it doesn't make him a bad actor. It make you know the roles that he does. It's perfect for, but I just don't see him as Bruce Wayne. I'd like to see him as um, Adam Warlock in Guardians 3. Okay. Um, or if they don't do Adam Warlock, I'd like to see him play an older member, like an older Nova. Okay. Because I feel like Nova can has a history of being a badass. Or, I mean, Kyle Rayner from the Green Lantern Corps would be great. I think he kind of looks like it. They would have to take a little liberties because Kyle, Kyle Rayner is um, Hispanic as well. So, and, and Keanu is not. But, you know... It also goes back to my fan casting as Raiden. Yeah, I think he'd be great as Raiden. But you know, there, there's, a, there's, it, there's a spot out there for him. Are you going to say Mark Dukakis was Kung Lao? No, no, he was. He was. Um, but speaking of Mortal Kombat, I just seen an update is that production starts this year on the James Wan produced live action Mortal Kombat. Oh, they're moving forward with that. Yes, they are. Great. And, I mean, James Wan doesn't seem like he's going to have much left with Swamp Thing because DC Universe is probably going to shut down. So might as well get on, on board with that. Ooh, I wonder how horror-specific horror that's going to be. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. James Wan hasn't let me down yet, so we'll see. There's always room for him to let me down. But the question I do have, will John Wick let you down by dying in John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum? See what I did there? Perfect little segue. I'm segue king. As much as I love John Wick, I think the proper ending is for him to die. Oh, no, Chuck. You want me to cry twice this month? I'm going to cry I again. Think, I think it would. <laughs> I think the proper thing is for him to die. No. Yep. I think the proper thing for John Wick is to become recommunicated or pardoned because he's maybe he's like he's severely injured, but not going to die. And he gets the retirement plan, and he gets enough in his 401k from an assassin to buy a lake house. <laughs> it all goes back to the lake house. All goes back to the lake house. And he's moved on from Bridget Monahan, and he's moving in with Sandra Bullock. You know, there's a restaurant called the lake house, and every time we go there, I think of Keanu Reeves. I would love to see him be the host there. They should just have a big painting of Keanu Reeves on the side of the building. Not, I mean, that's what I have in my bedroom. I, I'm thinking 
he's going to live, but I wouldn't be surprised if he died just to do what you want. Final send-off and uh, no loose ends. However, if he does make it out of this, I would be pumped because that means there's a chance for him to cameo in the Continental. So let's say he lasts in this movie. Continental moves forward with the cast that you and I like. You think we ever see a Keanu Reeves, John Wick cameo? No. Oh, not even just for one episode? Nope. As uh, much as I want to, I don't think we'd see it. What if, all right, so here's my thought. It takes place right around the time Keanu's getting back into it. His dog dies, all that shit happens, right? This is a limit, let's say it's a limited 12 episode run, that's it. It's a prequel into John Wick. The final thing you get from that series is Keanu Reeves walking in with the dog to Lance Reddick. That'd be cool. That's the way you end it. And that's the, that's honestly the way you, I would end it. And that way you're not bleeding a property dry. And I would like to see Chad um, stay on, on board with this. Yeah. And then, you know, we talk about this, but I don't think we're giving credit to the guy that wrote the movie because he same created... Group, same guys, right? Uh, guy. One guy. His name is Derek Kolstad. Yeah. And kind of same thing where he came out of nowhere. He only did two things credit before John Wick. And they were two Dolph Lundgren directed DVD movies. Yeah. And, you know, it was called The Package and then One in the Chamber. And The Package was Dolph Lundgren and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes. So, you know, and this guy made the John Wick. And honestly, the third, the, the first John Wick in all intents and purposes, could have failed. Yeah, absolutely. It had an aging star, two directors that's never directed anything before, and a directed DVD writer. Yeah, and and it's not. It wasn't bait. Like they didn't say, "Well, this is going to be a franchise. This is going to be a cinematic universe." It was just. It was a. Listen, it was twenty million dollars. Yeah. If you have a, a if you have something, a slightly above of Gem in the Holograms release. You're going to make your budget back. So this was a it was a low risk, high reward situation for them. Oh yeah, definitely. And it paid off purpose. Uh, you know, for everybody perfectly. If, yeah, it, exactly for everybody. Now the thing is, I I know Derek Kolstad from writing this. I'm curious. Have you ever read the John Wick comics? No. So he did a six issue run from Dynamite, I believe, and it was it was a teen. Do you think like? Imagine John Wick being PG thirteen. Okay. That's what you. That's what you got from the comics. Um, I read all it six of them, and it wasn't the John Wick that I wanted. You know what I mean? It came out between chapter two and chapter three, and I was like, "Oh my god, I yeah. want to get more of these!" And I got pumped. Went to Crossroads, got the first one, read it. I was like, "Okay, not bad, not bad. We'll see where it goes." He's like fighting drug cartels and stuff like that, and then. It just kept getting the same thing over and over again. I was like, this is not John Wick. And the thing about like John Wick is I love the, again, the attention to detail. And when you're going through a fight scene, it's very like your first person shooter. You know what I mean? Like you're going through and you're seeing every motion mm-hmm. and he's turning the gun and he's c- cocking the hammer back and you're seeing everything play out in front of you. And it, it's believable. You know what I mean? It's not over the top like the horror movies that you hate where like the head just explodes for no reason. Everything is believable and realistic. And you're like, I'm either watching a really good action movie or I'm watching a really scary home video of an assassin. 
You know what I mean? Or like a serial killer. And the comics didn't do that to me. It was like too many too many building stories for other characters that I didn't invest time in that I didn't care about. Um, but that's just my thought. I, I would you know, urge people to still read it because you know Dynamite Comics is, is a great comic book company and they're putting out a new series called uh, The Boys coming out in June. So I'm pumped for it. Uh, I'm 100% on this. Uh, I'm going to do an early review rating for this. I'm going to give it a five star right now. I think that's what I'm going to be. <laughs> I think the first two movies are five stars, and I think this one's going to be just as good. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to love it as well. Um, and we'll we'll talk we'll talk about it in what probably two yeah. weeks by the time you and see it. So two episodes from now, possibly our our June episode. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, my wife now is all of a sudden a John Wick fan, which came out of nowhere. See it but, twice, uh, man. You know you're going to love it. So she's like, I really want to see this. I was like, really? See it twice because. Listen, we'll either yeah. talk about it on Swamp Thing or we'll talk about it on Godzilla. Either way, we're going to talk about it. But that's our John Wick episode. Um, yeah. What else we got to do? Uh, we got to thank our listeners for being part of the, the podcast experience today. Um, listening to John Wick. I uh, hope yeah. everybody's going to see it. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can talk to us on all of the social medias. The Active Geek on Instagram. Active Geek underscore on sound no oh, jesus on twitter uh active geek on facebook active geek podcast everywhere on soundcloud uh, on podcast directories chuck's on instagram uh chuck underscore the active geek he's got box office flashback podcast on instagram yep. box office flashback podcast one on twitter we have ag cosplay on instagram we have a network here at active geek productions which includes galaxy wars adventures of binks and the beards and box office flashback podcast all Re- released new episodes which is fantastic so go listen to those um what else we got a website activegeekproductions.com and we have a call-in number let us know what you thought about john wick hit us with an idea theory comment episode idea guest suggestion and you can call us at 856-254-2901 so if you have anything that you want to talk about just give us a call if you're lonely okay shit give us a call we'll talk i'll call back i'm lonely we'll, t- we'll talk uh but go see john wick be back yeah. next week for our Swamp Thing episode, I think. I think we're talking Swamp Thing next week or Godzilla, one of the two. But be back next week. Uh, thank you for listening again. Uh, for the Active Geek Podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.